This is Michael J. Fox. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Learn more about the Michael J. Fox Foundation's work and how you can help speed a cure at michaeljfox.org. This is Dave Iverson. When someone gets a Parkinson's diagnosis, it's common to feel like you're no longer in control of your own body. The disease is in charge, not you. But it turns out that the single best thing you can do after you're diagnosed may actually be to put your body to work. It's unquestionable that exercise is showing benefits for issues of mobility. There's really very little doubt about the capacity for exercise to relieve some of the symptoms of Parkinson's disease. Dr. Lisa Schulman is a movement disorder specialist and professor of neurology at the University of Maryland. She's passionate about the importance of incorporating exercise into Parkinson's disease management. We are finding that there are many different kinds of approaches to exercise and activity that are effective. People who are studying treadmill exercise, cycling, dancing, uh, you name it really, are showing particular benefits. Dr. Schulman says one size doesn't fit all. That research shows there are different benefits for different forms of exercise. Aerobic exercise, like treadmill training or cycling, improves endurance. Weight training adds muscle strength, dance or yoga, flexibility, and so forth. What's important is to design an exercise regimen that fits the needs of each individual patient. But what's also intriguing is that exercise may help improve symptoms that don't always respond to medication. Treadmill training, for example, improves something no pill can. How fast you're able to walk and for how long. Our data supports clear improvements of gait in terms of gait speed and endurance with people being able to walk distances, even fairly long distances, in shorter periods of time. So that is a very, very positive message. And Shulman adds that preliminary research shows that balance, another Parkinson's symptom notoriously difficult to improve with medication, may actually improve by practicing Tai Chi. What's tougher to assess is whether exercise can also impact some of the non-movement symptoms of the disease, including mood or fatigue. There's no doubt that being engaged in an exercise routine, and oftentimes if you're doing it with other people, so it's also a social outlet, has emotional benefits. But by and large, when you look at the data, as I have, it is a lot easier to show the consistent improvements in things like gait speed or muscle strength or endurance than it is to show consistent improvements in things like mood or fatigue or energy level. That's because it's one thing to measure speed and strength and quite another to measure fatigue or energy level. Similarly, we can't yet measure definitively what's going on in the brain of someone with Parkinson's who's exercising. We don't know yet if exercise is fundamentally changing the underlying biological progression of the disease. But Shulman believes there's another way to look at the question of exercise and disease progression. And that's whether or not exercise delays how soon someone experiences the most disabling aspects of the disease. Can we delay the trajectory of progression of the disease and delay disability? I firmly believe that as a clinician. I can... uh, anecdotally compare the patients who uh, are highly sedentary to those who uh, throughout the course of their disease are very active and exercise, and I see a difference. 
which is why she says integrating exercise into the daily regimen of anyone with Parkinson's is as important as the pills you take. Rather than thinking about exercise as something that's sort of like a soft sidebar to medical management, you know, I like to instead say, hey, we have such a growing body of evidence about physical activity and maybe even cognitive activity and social activity being important for our patients, that it should be as central as, you know, should we start levodopa in this person and how do we integrate it into our office practice as a standard of care. For more information about the impact of exercise on Parkinson's, join Dr. Lisa Schulman along with Dr. Helen Bronte-Stewart, Parkinson's patient Nancy Edmonds, and me when we take up this topic on our next Third Thursday webinar on January 15th. Find out more at michaeljfox.org webinars. I'm Dave Iverson. This is Michael J. Fox. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Learn more about the Michael J. Fox Foundation's work and how you can help speed a cure at michaeljfox.org.